Alrighty, well good morning to everybody today. I'm going to start today by saying something that I never, ever, ever say at the start of a new series. We're starting a new series on fasting today, and I always start every series and say, I am really excited what we're going to talk about here today. And today, I'll start off by saying I am not at all excited about what we're going to talk about here today. And I'm going to start off this series with a public confession. And the public confession is this. I hate fasting. Alright. I hate fasting. Believe me. Nobody hates fasting more than me. Alright? And nobody thinks that or would love to get away from the fasting more than me. I'm not talking about fasting here today because I want to. I'm talking about fasting today because we need to. Because just like we saw a couple months ago when we talked about prayer, I believe that what God wants us to do in our lives, in our church, in our community, in everywhere, fasting is the next critical step that we all need to understand it. Because whether you like it or don't like it, God spoke a lot about fasting. Both the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Christ spoke about it, Christ did it, his followers did it, and the church teaches us that we should be doing it as well. So here's what I want to do here today in this series. What I want to do is I want to erase everything that we know about fasting. Because when I say fasting, there are two extremes of people here in this room. One extreme of people hates fasting, doesn't know anything about fasting. All they've seen with fasting is legalistic and is, is, is letter of the law and, and we don't want anything to do with that kind of stuff and we never do it and we don't want to have anything to do with it and as soon as I have fasting, we turn off the off switch. Um, this is something not for me, this is for my grandparents' generation. And then there's the other extreme, that people who may be our grandparents' generation, all right, or people who have fasted every fast and they fast letter and they look at the ingredients and they'll tell you why an Oreo cookie is no more fasting, all right, and they'll try to convince you of that and these people get excited about fasting, all right, and these people get their fasting cookbooks out and they got their fasting recipes and they share it with everybody and they just gung-ho to make their fasting chocolate, banana bread, whatever, cake or whatever it is that they've been waiting all year for the fast to do. I want to, each of these people, to put away what's in their mind, and I want to take a look at fasting from a biblical perspective. And we're talking about fasting today, we're talking about it for the next few weeks as well, but today I want to lay the foundation, what does the Bible say fasting is and how we should approach it. Like I said, for Jesus, fasting is a big deal. We're going to go right now to Matthew chapter 6, and in Matthew chapter 6 is where Jesus was giving the Sermon on the Mount, which is commonly referred to as like the Constitution of Christianity where he talks about the most important principles and tenets of our faith. And he spoke about so many different things there. That's where he gave the Beatitudes. That's where he talked about how he's fulfilling the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in Matthew chapter 6, specific section, he talks about three foundational principles that he expects of all his followers and his children. Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done in secret. 
and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So the first thing he says is, very important, is giving. All right, and almsgiving and charity. And he says, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Goes on. And you, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, when you have shut your door, pray to your father who's in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So now he gave a second one. He said, give, father who sees in secret, reward you openly. Pray, father who sees in secret, reward you openly. And later he says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Jesus gave I don't want to say a formula, because Christianity is not a formula, but he very clearly gave three components that he expects all of us, as his children, to be participating in. That's why all of them didn't say, if you fast, if you pray, if you give. All of them said, when. When you pray, do it this way. When you give, do it this way. And when you fast, do it this way. And with every single one of these, he said the same sentence at the very end, which is what? That your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12, it says, A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Y'all know that verse. A threefold cord. I read a beautiful meditation that was talking about how the threefold cord is prayer, giving, and fasting. And what Jesus is telling us in Matthew chapter 6 is that this threefold cord when all three of them are working together, that is when you live the abundance of the life and the reward that God has in store for us. When they're not, okay, again, realize today, I'm not talking in any way, so for the people who want me to be legalistic, and I'm not being legalistic, I'm not saying salvation. I'm not saying you won't be saved unless you fast. And I'm not saying if you don't fast, God, I'm not saying it like that. I'm talking, this isn't talking about salvation. This is talking about the life of blessing. And what it's saying is that God wants to bless you to this. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you something else I read. A nice meditation. Remember a couple weeks ago in a sermon, we talked about the parable of the sower and about how the sower sowed on four kinds of soil and the good soil yielded 30, 60, and 100 fold. Y'all remember that? And I was talking about how there's the three kinds of bad soil and then there's three kinds of good soil. 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I don't want to just be 30. I don't want to be 60. I want to be 100. You know how you get to the 100? Three-fold cord. If you're praying, and you're praying, and you're praying, that's great. You can yield 30-fold in your life. And if you give, and you're charitable, and you're generous, and you pray, you can get 60-fold. But you want 100-fold? The Lord says, prayer, fasting, giving. That makes me ask myself some questions. What blessings am I missing out on in life? What blessings from God am I missing out on in life? Because I have a one chord, or maybe a two chord, but not the threefold chord. What am I missing? What, what reward, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly? Is my marriage, am I missing a reward in my marriage? 
Maybe God wants to bless my marriage and wants my marriage to be hundredfold. And I'm missing out because I'm not taking all three of these seriously. Maybe my finances. Maybe my career. Maybe I'm in bondage to sin. And maybe one of the reasons why I'm not experiencing the fullness of God's blessing because I'm trying to do it with only one of the cords. I'm praying, but I'm not fasting and I'm not giving. Or I'm giving very generously, but I don't fast and I don't pray. And I don't think there's any of us that fast without the other two, but in case you fall in that category as well. But I would guess that's probably not the case. Jesus says, do it in secret. Father sees in secret or reward you openly. So the starting point of this series is me and you looking at that verse when Jesus says, fast, pray and give. But I'm just talking about fasting, but all three of them is equal. And he says, do it in secret, I reward you openly. Starting point of this series is me saying, I want that reward. Not, I have to, I don't have to do nothing. No one has to do nothing. Starting point of this series is me saying, I want that reward. I want that reward in my marriage. I want that reward in my kids. I want that reward in my career. I want that reward in my spiritual life. I want that reward. I don't know what that reward is, but I know I want it. And I want to try to figure out what that is. The outline for today, I'm going to answer some questions. You see them on your outline there. What is fasting? Why should I do it? And then how should I do it? And how shouldn't I do it? Do's and don'ts, basic level understanding of fasting. Again, I want to give you fasting from a biblical perspective, and I want you to put away any preconceived ideas that you might have or you might be showing up to the table with. Jesus says clearly, fasting, if it's done the right way, and we'll talk about that, not just fasting, but fasting the right way, has a great reward that we don't want to miss out on. What is fasting? Let's try to answer this question. What does fasting mean? Fasting, different people mean different things when they say the word fasting. Like for example, right now we are in a period of fasting. If you go up to one of your coworkers at work and, and, and you have a tuna sandwich in your hand, you say, look, I'm fasting, and you're eating that tuna sandwich, they won't get it, okay? Because fasting means different things to different people. And there's different levels or degrees of fasting. And fasting can mean like a strict fast, letter of the law of fast, means not eating anything. All right? That's, that was Jesus in the wilderness, not eating anything at all. All right? That was the book of Esther when they said, don't eat for three days, don't drink. That's strict fast. All right? Then there is the fasting where we talk about you know, um, the abstaining from certain kinds of foods, eating vegan foods. And that's probably more like a more accurate term is like partial fasting. All right? And then there is what we prescribe in the church was a combination of the two. What is fasting for us in the church? It is two components. A period of complete abstinence from food. And when you're not abstaining from food, eating only certain kinds of food. And that kind of food would vary depending on which fast it is, what, to what degree it is. So the church says... And now we're in a time of fasting. You should have a period of the day in the morning where you abstain from food completely. Not forever throughout the whole day, but a period. And that period that, you know, we can talk about how to set that period, but you should have a period of abstinence. And then when you break your fast, you should only eat certain kinds of foods. In the Coptic Church, we have many, many, many fasts throughout the year, right? Just in case you're new to this whole game, all right, here's our fast. 
We got the fast of Advent, which we're in right now, which I'll talk about that in a little bit, what's specific of that is. 43 days leading up to Christmas, birth of Christ um, on January 7th, according to the Coptic calendar. With the fast of Nineveh, which is three days, which is two weeks before Lent. Lent, including uh, the Holy Week, the Pesco Week, is 55 days. Fast of the Apostles is variable. This coming year, it's 18 days. Fast of the Virgin, 15 days. That's in August. Then every Wednesday and Friday, which is a whole heck of a lot of days. Right? <laughs> we have a lot of periods of fasting, but what I want you to know, every single one of these fasts is different than the other. You can't just say they're, all, they're not all the same. Right now, we're in a period of the Advent fast. And the Advent fast, my personal, is my favorite. It is my favorite because I love the spiritual reason, and I also love tuna. I love fish sticks, all right? So for me, this is the best one of them all. Love salmon burgers, tuna salad, like, love that kind of stuff. What it is spiritually why I also love it, because this fast is, the focus is, when Moses in the Old Testament went up the mountain. Remember, Moses in the Old Testament said, God, I want to see your glory. And God said, hey, Moses, I want to reveal to you my glory. And in fact, I want to give you more than that. Come up here on the mountain. Moses climbed a mountain and climbed a mountain. It took him 40 days. He was up there at the top of that mountain, didn't eat, didn't drink, 40 days of fasting. And at the end of it, he received what? The Word of God. You see the law and the commandments, okay? The Word of God. So we are now fasting as Moses fasted to receive the Word of God who is Jesus, all right? He had the Old Testament version of the Word of God. We have the New Testament version of the Word of God, which is Jesus himself, and we are fasting in preparation for his incarnation, when he takes flesh. That's what happened 2,000 years ago. What's happening now is we are fasting and we are waiting on him to incarnate, to be incarnate, to manifest himself in my life in a new way. I want him manifest, like I said, in my spiritual, my struggles, my battle against this sin. I'm struggling. I'm not doing well. Lord, I need you to manifest yourself with me in this. And I'm fasting, and I'm praying for that. I need you to manifest yourself in my thought life. I need you to manifest yourself in this relationship, which seems to be every day getting worse. I need you manifest presence inside this. That's why, like Moses, I'm fasting and I'm praying. Best thing about this fast, back to Moses. Moses went up the mountain, expected maybe one thing or two things, but there's no way Moses received what he expected. There's no way in a million years Moses could have anticipated all that God gave him at top of that mountain. And I believe the same is true with this fast when it's done properly. That you have no idea that what God is going to do and manifest in your life when this fasting is done properly. That's what is the fast. Why fast? Why should I fast? We don't want to be legalistic. Why do I need to, to, to torture myself? All right, why give up food. And here's something that's very important that I want you all to understand. For those who grew up in the church, fasting to you is second nature, and you don't think anything of it. For those who did not grow up in the church, join the church from outside, fasting equals the dumbest thing you could possibly do to yourself. It is a horrific idea to anyone who did not grow up in the church that I would, for no reason whatsoever, not eat food that I like. So I totally understand where you're coming from, and I don't want anyone to make you feel bad because you don't think fasting is the coolest thing since sliced bread. Fasting doesn't make any, just us who grew up in it, we just, we're so used to it, but for everyone else, it doesn't make any sense. 
Why, why does God care if I eat a tuna burger or I eat a hamburger? Like, why does God care if I eat at 10 a.m. or at 9 a.m.? Like, why? It doesn't make sense. So I understand you, and I'm with you. All right? Don't let anyone make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about. I'm with you. Key to understanding why we fast. Understand this one thing, and I'll explain everything else. We don't fast for God's sake. We fast for my sake. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger, they will be filled. Next verse, Matthew 6, 17. That's the verse I just showed you. It says, when you fast, anoint your face, anoint your head, wash your face. Do not appear to men to be fasting, but your father is in secret place. And he who sees in secret will reward you openly. We are not fasting, so God will love us. So God will have mercy on us and save us and won't condemn us. We are not fasting. We are fasting because we want to be rewarded openly. Because that's the promise that Jesus gave. We are fasting because we want to be rewarded openly. Again, I don't know what the reward is, but I know there's a reward. Book of Daniel, Daniel and his three buddies, they fasted. Their open reward was promotion up to the highest ranks of the government in the foreign country they were living in, in Babylon. That was there, rewarded openly. And health, that God gave them great health. The Ninevites, they're rewarded openly was being saved from destruction. That God said, I'm going to rain down destruction on the city. They fasted, and that was their rewarded openly. Um, Moses, at the top of the mountain, that was his rewarded openly. Esther, like I said a few minutes ago, she fasted, and she got the whole nation to fast, and their openly rewarded was delivered from the genocide that was about to take place to their people. The point is, I don't know what the reward is for you, but I know... Because Jesus promised it, that when we do it the right way, there will be a reward. Fasting is not to make God feel better, or because God is sad, or because God, like, wants more cows on earth, all right? Fasting is to reward me, not to reward God. Last night, for those who are here in the Vespers, the gospel that was read to us was very appropriate. It came from Matthew chapter 17. And it was a story of a man who had a son who was demon-possessed, the epileptic son. Right? And this son was suffering from this demon who was torturing him. And, and the son was in a, in a horrible situation. And you can only imagine the dad's anguish as his son is suffering in this torment. And it says that he kept throwing himself in the fire and in the water. So the spirit that was inside him, was trying to basically get him to kill himself. And you can imagine the father's torment. So if I'm the dad of that kid, man, I'm calling the doctor. Doctor says I can't help you. I'm calling the, the Dionne Warwick psychic friends hotline. She can't help. I'm going to anybody and everybody who can help me with anything of my kid. He tried everything. Even he went to the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Lord have mercy. This is... He went to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't heal him. So now he finds Jesus. He says, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. I did everything that I could. I even came to your disciples, and these guys, and this is Matthew 17, these guys who in Matthew 10, remember, received power over unclean spirits, that was in Matthew 10, to cast them out, 
I brought them to these guys, because everyone said these guys could cast out the evil spirits, and these guys couldn't do anything. So now I'm coming to you, Jesus, hoping that you can do something. Can Jesus solve the problem? One second he does. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. If I'm the disciples, and I see this, I'm a little bit annoyed. This is a little bit annoying. You know what this is? This is when my wife comes to me and says, hey, can you open this? And I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't. And then some other guy walks in. <laughs> Not that that would ever happen, okay? <laughs> but hypothetically speaking. That's what happened right here. The disciples, they pulled out their manual of demon casting that Jesus gave them. And they did this and they did that. And then they spun around and, you know, one foot, whatever it is they could do. They said all the psalms, said all the prayers. They did everything that they could do. Zero, zero, zero. Guy comes and says, Jesus, can you do it? Jesus is like, okay. A little bit annoying. So they asked him. And the disciples came to Jesus privately. They came to him privately because in front they were like, oh yeah, we were going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So they pulled him aside. They pulled him aside. And they said, why could we not cast it out? Y'all know what Jesus says? Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Pause. Stop right there. You know why I'm saying stop right there? I know this isn't covering up there, but... <laughs> because usually that's where we stop. And we say, look, faith moves mountains. And faith does everything. And I'm not saying faith doesn't. I'm not saying we don't need faith. We do need faith. But there's more. What Jesus says is, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Is he saying that it's not faith, that it's the fasting? No, don't, don't, don't. We never take one sentence or one, we don't take one thing by itself. We take the completion of it, and the completion of it, Jesus is saying, you need faith, you need to believe. But you also need to pray and fast. And if you pray and fast without faith, you're not going to do nothing. If you fast, or if you faith without prayer and fasting, as they did in this situation, you may not have it either. Jesus knows that in order to live this life, this life of blessing, this life of power, this life against the evil spirits that are going to attack you, going to attack your family, attack your kids, attack your spouse, attack your church, attack your beloved priest, attack your community, attack everyone, in order for you to live that life of power and victory, long-term sustained, you need more. You need fasting. What might you be missing out on today? Because you're not fasting. What might you be missing out on in your life? Because you've never taken fasting seriously. And again, I'm saying, I'll talk about this when I get to the how-to. I'm talking about the people who are fasting, but not fasting the right way. Just as much as people who are not fasting. Because you ain't never fasted the right way. What are you missing out on? What? Like this father whose son sought out all the doctors, did everything he could, couldn't cast out the spirit, couldn't solve this problem, tried everything. And you know when you're at your wit's end, when you've tried to solve, I sure know. 
that when you're at your wit's end and you can't solve this, and you can't free yourself from this bondage, and you can't escape this, and you can't help this situation, and you finally say, what more can I do? And this verse comes up and says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Maybe this Advent fast, maybe some evil spirits is going to be cast out in some families. Maybe some, some demons will be delivered from. Maybe some eyes will be opened. Maybe some healing will take place. Physical, maybe. Maybe spiritual. Maybe relational. I don't know. But I know that there is a reward for those who fast and pray the right way. Now, how does this work? Let, let, without getting, like, I am a logical mind. And I am, I like things linear, right? I like A leads to B. And if I want C or D, then I must do, I like it to know, like, the cause and the effect. So, okay, how does fasting lead to freedom from this? How does fasting lead to miracle? How does fasting lead to power? What's the connection? Why is it, this is what we sometimes think, and this is wrong, is it if I just torture myself and I just beat myself to a pulp, then God would be like, wow, you're great, and reward us? Any father, is that the way we as, 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 as dads, as moms, as parents that we think? Yeah, kid, beat yourself to a pulp, and then I'll say, good job. Beat yourself some more. Punish yourself some more. Any father in his right mind wants that? There's got to be a different connection here that we don't understand. Here's my theory in life as to why fasting releases God's power in your life. My theory in life is this. That deep down, inside each and every single one of you, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that God has has uh, put eternity in their hearts. Right? God has put eternity in the hearts of men. I believe inside, each one of us yearns and longs for God 100%. I don't believe there's a bad person who's created bad. No such thing. Every single person yearns and longs for God. You do, and I do. And all of us yearn and long for God in the same way to the same degree. This is the part you may disagree with me on, but here's, keep, stick with me. But all of us want God to this degree. All of us yearn for him and desire him and need him. The problem is not our desire. The problem is, as the gospel says in Mark chapter 14, verse 38, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The problem is not that we don't have the desire. The problem is, is that we cover the desire with other stuff. And we fill our appetite for God with other stuff. And because of that, logic says, when I fill myself with this food, I'm going to be less hungry for this. And that's where fasting comes in. True story. Thanksgiving week was last week or two weeks ago. I told y'all it was a great Thanksgiving, one of my favorite Thanksgiving we've ever had. One of the things, I have to give credit what credit is due, we had one of the best Thanksgiving meals ever had, ever had. And I have a great mother, all right, and a great mother-in-law, and they cooked the best food. But this time, it was the younger generation who took over the food, and it was my brother's wife, okay, and my brother-in-law's wife, and my sister, 
No, my sister, I have a sister. My wife's sister. <laughs> Who is like my sister. Okay? And Marianne was in there too. Yeah, but Marianne, I always eat her delightful food. That's every day. They took all this stuff and they said, we the younger generation is going to do it. And they made, best thing was, all American. Alright, we went all American. I had never had that cranberry stuff before in my life. That cranberry stuff is, is killing. Green bean casserole, we had pecan pie, we had apple pie, we had sweet potato stuff. It was all American, 100%. We had a turkey and a ham. And I remember, and that was also during the skins game, so I remember just like, this is everything I want in life. <laughs> I have my family, I have my loved ones, okay? I have totally comfortable, I have the best food, skins are win winning over the Cowboys. Like, it couldn't have gotten any better. I enjoyed that food so much, but there was a problem. I, I was shot down in this, okay, I had predicted that the meal was going to be so good that I was encouraging the ladies that we should start earlier. I was encouraging them that if we could aim to have it done by 11 or 12, okay, then we could partake of the bounty like all throughout the day, okay? I was shot down in that, and at earliest we got we got 4.30, okay? Which was great, and, I, and God bless me, did a lot of work. But the problem was that we ate 4.30 to 4.40, okay? <laughs> Stuffed my face so silly that I didn't have any more appetite. And I remember as the game went to finish the game, I was planning to have another meal before I went to sleep. But I didn't have any appetite. And intellectually, I'm like, I gotta eat again. And believe me, I kept saying, I was so angry, because I really wanted to eat again because it was so good. And intellectually, I said, that's good, I want to eat that again. But I just couldn't. And I had stuffed myself so silly on the first go-around that I just couldn't. With that said, I still did, okay? But not to the degree that I wanted to. Why? Because I had filled myself on the first go-around so the appetite was suppressed. I think that happens spiritually. I don't think there's any one of us that doesn't want more God. Is anyone who doesn't want more God? Like, find me someone who doesn't want more God. Anyone who doesn't want more God in their life? Anyone who doesn't want God to man? Anyone who doesn't want more God? The problem is that we don't want more God. The problem is, is that we suppress our appetite by nibbling on all these other things. And you don't realize it. That's things you don't realize it until fasting comes along. Fasting isn't just the point is to stop eating certain food. Fasting the point is to simplify life. And that's why I went to Catholic school and one of the good things I like about Catholic school model, you know, in Catholic school in Lent, okay, you give up something for Lent, all right? And they do that instead of the fasting. I encourage that in addition to the fasting, all right? Because that was always the orthodox concept. That it wasn't just fasting from food, it was fasting from the complexities of life. So, for example, like I said in the sermon today, I'm not saying any of these things are bad. Is food bad? Is turkey bad? Is ham bad? Is, 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 is eggs bad? Absolutely not. They're fantastic. And I am pro-food here, okay? We are pro-food. We are not anti-food. None of those things are bad. But we want to simplify life. And maybe we should simplify in, I don't know, I'll just throw out some things, nobody get offended. I know some people who have simplified their life by removing Facebook, all right, for a period of fasting. Good for you. More power to you. You don't realize how much mental energy you invest on Facebook. I'm not saying Facebook is bad. All I'm saying is, maybe, it might be something nice during the fast that you free yourself. You free up some time, and you free up some mental. I, something that I did a couple of times, and I found it very, very fruitful, sports, okay? I love sports. 
watch sports all the time, okay, and during Lent, not during this one because we're in football season, okay, but that one is, <laughs> football season's over. I, I, I go without sports, okay, and I remember when I first did it, I, I thought I was going to die. Like, I thought I was, I was going to die. Like, I, that, that's my life. My life is like my family, my God, my sports. Like, that's my life. And I thought I was going to die. I found that I didn't die. Okay. I went all of life without any sports. You'd be surprised how it frees your mind for spiritual things. Maybe certain hobbies. Maybe certain habits. Maybe certain relationships that, like I said in the sermon, aren't bad, but they're not helpful. Certain conversations, certain whatever. I'm not telling you what it is. But all I'm saying is that's the point of fasting. The point of fasting is to make me hungry for God. The point of fasting is to stop eating some stuff, leave the plate empty, and watch how your appetite will grow. Just watch. Try me, do it, try fasting the right way, and watch if your appetite doesn't grow for God. Now, fasting the wrong way, your appetite won't grow for nothing. But fasting the right way, try me and see. Maybe you're a workaholic. Maybe for the time of the fast you make a commitment, you're not going to work on the weekends. You leave it at work. Maybe you are a TV-aholic. Right? Maybe you say, you know what, weekdays, I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to come home from work and just sit in front of that TV. I'm going to turn that TV off. What you're going to discover when you turn that TV off is you're going to find out, you'd be surprised. Okay, inside all of us, we have things, we have crutches that we run to. Bad day at work, sit in front of the TV and veg. All right, or a uh, rough day, you know, with whatever, chocolate uh, ice cream. We have crutches that we go to, and you would be surprised when you remove those crutches, how you turn to God naturally. Because that's the deepest desire of your heart. And you are suppressing it with all these other things. And that's why the church says, and I don't want you to suffer, and I don't want you to be miserable, and I don't want you to never eat chocolate chip ice cream because God knows how beautiful it is. I don't want you to never watch sports because God knows how great the skins are this year. I don't want you to never go on Facebook because, you know, whatever happens on Facebook might be beneficial, okay? Whatever, okay, I'm not saying, I don't know. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, throughout the year, I want to keep you balanced, I want to give you seasons, where you simplify your life in order to hunger for God. Practical now. We agreed it's not that we do fast, but it's the how we fast. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. So I want to talk about how to and how to not to. Okay? Or how not to. Alright? How to and how not to fast. And I'm not going to be very deep here. I'm going to be very simple and just talk about simple things because what I want us to do is I want to avoid, always want to avoid the extremes. Extreme of... I don't fast, fasting is useless. I don't want to go to the other extreme of fasting is the only thing that matters in my life and my entire existence is based around fasting. We want to be balanced. We want to know what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Three things not to do. First one, do not use fasting as a replacement for a relationship. Do not use fasting as a replacement for a relationship. Some people do nothing all year, show up at Holy Week, fast from Sunday to Saturday, and they kill themselves, and they go to every church service, and they do all the stuff, and they do everything, 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 and nothing else the rest of the year. That fast is worthless. I don't want to say it's worthless because I can't say it's worthless. 
But if that's the intention of it, it's worthless. Just do it, get out of the way, and look, I'm the best, I'm the fasting. And then over here, I'm this. And over there, I'm that. But I'm fasting. And I'm fasting without a relationship is exactly what the Pharisees did. Did y'all know that there's only two groups of people, at least that I know of, that fast twice a week, every single week? One is us, the other is the Pharisees. Y'all know they used to fast twice a week back in the day, but on not on Wednesday, Friday, they fasted on? Monday, Thursday. That was their fasting. And from the earliest days of the church, the earliest, I have bad news for anyone who's against Wednesday, Friday fasting. Okay, the early church did it. It actually was predated most other fasts. It's back in the early, earliest days. They fasted on Wednesday and Friday because Jesus said fast, but they took the Pharisees fast and they did it the right way. So they took the what? The Pharisees did the what was good. The how was bad. So they took the what, but they said, we're doing it a different way. And we're going to do it on these days, Wednesday and Friday. And I don't want to get into why every fast is, but that's what they did. So fasting is not a replacement for a relationship. Fasting is to be in conjunction with prayer, with Bible, with giving, with loving your neighbor, with acts of charity. Fasting is a part of it. It is not the only thing. All right? It is neither the most important nor the least important thing. It's one of the puzzle. Number two, do not use fasting to try to bribe God. Please. I need help at work. I'm going to fast. Okay, that's great. I'm not saying don't. But I'm saying if the only reason that you use the fast is to get stuff from God, that's not relationship. Okay? That's treating God as, 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 as some kind of emperor, tyrant, or like, it, it's, it's not the way God wants it. Fasting is not, again, for God's sake. Fasting is not so that I get stuff from God. Fasting is for my sake. The reason we do this is because we think that God needs us to fast. So, okay, God, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you what you need, you give me what I need. That's like, but I don't need fasting. I don't care about fasting. Fasting is for you, it's not for me. Okay? Don't use fasting to try to bribe God. Third, do not neglect the greater commandment to love. Do not neglect the greater commandment to love. True story. A husband and a wife. The husband... The husband was very good at fasting. At least in the outside form of the fasting. And he fasted, he fasted, he fasted, he fasted. Wife didn't fast. She came from a different background. And she told me, you know why I don't fast? Because anytime he fasts, he's the most miserable person on the planet. He is irritable, he is grumpy, he is, is cranky, he is curt and short and, and annoying. And if that's what fasting does, that's the last thing I want to do. And I, could, I couldn't argue with that logic. How do you argue with that logic? He's normal, he fasts, he becomes uh, annoying. You know why that happens? Because like I said, when we sometimes don't have our crutches, we're not the same. And if my being nice to my family is based on a cup of coffee in the morning, then some people would say, well look, okay, if I'm grumpy without the coffee, just have the coffee. No. Find a way to be loving without the coffee, right? We don't, we don't want to go to that. It's like, it's like my kids saying, I won't be happy unless you give me chocolate. Okay, no. No chocolate. Find a way to be happy. Sometimes 
when we fast and remove those things, it reveals our true nature. Those things cover up the fact that we are irritable people, that we do have a problem with our tempers. And when we fast and it comes out, we thank God and say, thank you, God, for revealing it, because now I can approach it and solve it in the right way. That's the how not to. How to fast. Three things, very simple. One, start small. Two, start with prayer. Three, start now. I know there's some people today who are hearing me who never fasted before. You never fasted before. And you've heard of it, but you've never done it before. Or maybe you did it when you were a kid, you haven't done it in 10 years. Look, start small. I do not want you to go, like now is not the time to start a 40 day of just water and bread fast, if that's you. Start small, start small. Take baby steps. The goal isn't, it's, again, it's not some, some static number of hours that you have to fast in order to be good or acceptable to God. It's not. Start small. Wherever you are, just take a step. Maybe for you, that step is just skip your cup of coffee in the morning. Maybe that step for you is you go to, like, you know, um, a, 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 a vegetarian diet, even if you can't do the abstaining. Like, give it a try. And then maybe after a couple weeks, you got some momentum. Maybe you can try that abstaining from breakfast. Maybe you can skip your mid-morning snack, all right, and just hold out till lunch. Start small. All right? Don't, 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 don't go for here. Now, the people who are fasting here, stay where you're at, okay? We don't, we don't want to go backwards, okay? The point is not to say there's no, like, my point is to say there's not one correct answer. The point is wherever you are, to whom much is given, much is required. To whom little, little is given, little is required. So just start wherever it is that you're at and just try to take a step. Maybe, like I said, your step could be, like I said, you know, computer, internet, Facebook, TV, whatever. You know, on weekdays, try to cut one of those things out. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe on Sundays, you won't, you know, whatever. Start small, but start somewhere. Start with prayer, meaning don't just skip breakfast. Use that time that you would eat breakfast. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in God's Word. Like, we want to remove this, but add this in because this is, is really what we're trying to get to, that hunger for God, that appetite for God. So fill it. I read a nice saying, you know, the church fathers say that fasting in and of itself, fasting equals prayer. Fasting is a prayer. Fasting is continual prayer because as you are hungering, if you're doing it with the right spirit, then it becomes a constant reminder of God's presence in your life and you turn that, that hunger into a prayer into a yearning, say, God, I'm doing this because I want you, because I love you, because I need you. Like, you turn the fasting into prayer. Third, start now. Don't put it off, all right? Even if it's the smallest step, don't put it off. I promise you, for those who say, I'm gonna start next week, you're never gonna start next week, okay? Tomorrow never comes. In the history of all mankind, tomorrow has never, ever, ever come. It's always today. We've never had tomorrow. We've never been living in tomorrow. It's always today. So don't speak about tomorrow. Speak about today. Start today. Moses told God, God, I want you. God told Moses, leave everything. Like I spoke about in the sermon. Leave everything. Come here. Moses did. He got this. 
Now God is calling you. You are saying to God, you are lifting up your heart, saying, God, I want you. And God says, I want to reward you. Come here. And I know you may not be able to make it all the way to the top of the mountain. That's okay. But come, start taking a couple steps. And then maybe in a couple weeks, I'll tell you, hey, come take a couple more steps. And then maybe, are you willing to let go of what's at the bottom of the mountain? You willing to let go of, of, your, of your, your comfort and the things that you take comfort in on this earth to receive that reward openly? Fasting is not a time to torture ourselves. Fasting is a time to see the glory of God manifest in our lives. Leave y'all with this verse. Psalm 42, King David said, As the deer pants for the water, brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. That's what fasting is all about. Fasting is all about me saying, God, I want you. And I want you so badly. And I'm willing to let go of anything. Imagine that I tell you right now, in your house, okay, I snuck into your house earlier today, and I dropped a check for you for $10 million. And I left it in your house. What are you going to do right now? How many people are going to stick around and, and help with the coffee? Who's going to go out to lunch and, and you ain't going to do any of those things. Now it comes to how to me, you're not even sit here as I finish. You're going to knock the chair over, push everyone out of your way, and say, I got to go find me that check. And I'm going to go home, I'm going to turn my house upside down until I find it. I want you to have that. That's what fasting is to God. God is saying, come get it. You want me? I want to make myself manifest. I want to come be present. And us, fasting, is me saying, you know what? Get this plate out of my way, i got to find God. Turn the TV off, i got to find God. Facebook, get out of my way, Facebook. Get out of my way, i got to find God. And I'm not going to stop and, 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 and chat along the way. i got to find God. Because my, my soul longs for God. As the deer pants for the water, my soul longs for God. That's what fasting is all about. I hope... What we're going to do for the next few weeks is we're going to talk about fasting, the benefits of fasting, the biblical examples of fasting. We're going to talk about fasting to get a greater understanding because we don't want to just do it. But that, that's why we're doing this series because I felt that for so many years we just tell people fast, but we don't tell them why or how or how not to. All right? And I don't want you to do that. And I want you to take this serious and I want you to go home and I want you to study the Bible and see where fasting is in the Bible. And I want you to go look up stories. I want you to go read the story of Esther and why they fasted. Go read the story of the Ninevites, the book of Jonah. I want you to see what Jesus says about fasting. And I want you to see the value of it in your life. When we fast, it creates a hunger for God, and that's what we want. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's stand up and say a prayer, please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, amen. Lord, as the deer pants for the water, so our souls long for you, Lord. Lord, you put eternity inside our hearts. And we all know, Lord, that there's nothing that can satisfy us except you. But we don't want anything else in this world except you. We have all the materialistic stuff. We have all the earthly things. We just want more of you, Lord. That's all we need. Give us more of you. Take everything away, but just give us more of you, Lord. Help us during this time of fasting to simplify our lives and to, to abstain from the earthly stuff so that we can hunger for the spiritual stuff. Give us, Lord, whatever it is that you mean when you say that you will reward us openly. Give us, Lord, whatever it is, that present, that Christmas present that you have for us, Lord. We want it so badly, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. Give us strength, give us self-control, give us discipline 
take the steps that you need us to take. And I pray, Lord, that through this fasting, that we would see miracles in our church, in our families, that we would see victory in spiritual lives, that we would see the devil cast out and conquered by, the, by your power manifest in our lives in our church. Accept our prayers this day in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, with the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Through Christ Jesus our Lord, God is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you all very much. Have a great week. Don't forget to sign up for a membership group if you haven't done so already.